Hey, we are so thankful that you're taking the time to tune into Grumwatt Church's podcast. It's our hope that this is an encouragement to you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you'd like to find out more about all things Grumwatt or for more info on our in-person gatherings, you can check us out at grumwatt.com. Now lean in. We're expectant for how God is going to use this time to speak to you today. Good morning. It's absolutely great to be alive. And thinking of being alive, what creates more energy and life than the birth of a child? Think about it. For, for many, many months, it's organized chaos. And then nine months come together and bingo, bango, there is a baby. For the purpose of our conversation today, it's kind of fascinating, and I'll even use this word, stupefying, how quickly we forget, or said another way, how sharply the good outweighs the bad, or how immediately the good eliminates everything else. Now, don't get me wrong, having a baby is absolutely unequivocally miraculous. It's no small feat. It's intricate, and it goes without saying it's life-changing. And by the way, I just want to put this in here when it comes to the birth of a child, the birth of twins, triplets, or whatever it may be, it's implausible to experience a birth, in my opinion, and not acknowledge the existence of a creator God. This whole idea of giving birth all of a sudden the sickness, the cramps, the discomfort, the change of schedule, it doesn't matter. And why doesn't it matter? Because the reward is so much better than we ever imagined. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now, is this a birthing class today? Absolutely not. What I just kind of described absolutely puts us on point today. We're in this series, Theology. The components of salvation. And today I'm confident wherever you're at in your faith journey that today you're going to learn, you're going to be inspired, and I really believe encouraged. The true salvation experience, theology, is not a one and done experience, but it's a process. We've learned over the past few weeks that there's justification, sanctification, and today, glorification. When I say glorification, you can see it on the screen. It says, God's final removal of sin from those who have been justified, that's Jesus doing that, in the eternal state. Instead of being mortals burdened with sin and the sin nature, we will be changed into holy immortals with direct and unhindered access to God's presence, enjoying holy communion with Him throughout eternity. This is incredible. This entire series has been inspirational, instructional, and for those who uh, may need a refresher course, a little recap, justification. What is justification? The means by which we receive salvation or are declared righteous or justified in the eyes of 
God. In other words, justification is where we put our trust, we put our faith, we put our belief in Jesus, not ourselves. Justification actually means to be made right. And to be made right is only possible through Jesus. I remember vividly when I was born again or justified at First Baptist Church of Livonia. I remember where I was sitting. I remember walking up the aisle. I remember going into a side hallway where someone talked with me, prayed with me, and I put my faith in Jesus. That experience happened in an instant, in a snap. Right now, just if you would, wherever you're at, even if you're driving, keep one hand on the wheel. And right now, snap like that. When we put our faith in Jesus, it absolutely happens instantaneously. At that moment, that snap, that decision triggers sanctification. Sanctification is the process by which the follower of Jesus is becoming more like Christ. That is a daily opportunity. To sanctify something is to set it apart for special use, to sanctify, to make it holy. A person is to make him or herself in fact, holy. What we learned last week is that justification happens in the snap. Sanctification, though, is LLP. It's a lifelong process as long as we live here on this earth. And we know that that process happens as we identify with Jesus, the word who points us to the word of God. God's word is a transformational literary work that was just not written for instruction, but for transformation. The more of God's word we put in, the more we become like God. We also learned that with the word of God, being connected in a body of believers in the church is so crucial for growth, for community, for connectedness. And this is all made possible through the Holy Spirit, where, where we've been learning in this series that Jesus literally said, you will be able to accomplish more with the Spirit even than what I accomplished on this earth. Because the focus is Jesus working through us in the Spirit and therefore multiplying the kingdom of God. Now today, as I've already alluded to, we're going to literally hit on this third stage, uh, kind of dissect this third stage, glorification. So right now, it's on the screen. I was wondering if you would read this out loud with me right now. Glorification. God's final removal of sin from those who have been justified in the eternal state. Instead of being mortals burdened with sin and the sin nature, we will be changed into holy immortals with direct and unhindered access to God's presence, enjoying holy communion with Him throughout eternity. Now, right now, that is a real mouthful. It really is. And for those of you who may be just coming in right now, um, 
it, it would be literally, if you do not have the base of this series yet, and we emphasize in this series that it would be good to go back and grasp what has been being presented, the reason for that is, is that if you're jumping in right now, it would be like um, jumping into about the first 10 minutes of the first episode of uh, Breaking Bad, and then all of a sudden going to the fifth season and wondering why this broke high school chemistry teacher was a drug kingpin. So what we're saying here, for the sake of understanding what's going on, Go to grumlaw.com slash messages. And by the way, we emphasize each and every week here about spending time with God, time with Jesus, your daily encounter. This could actually be your daily encounter one day. This series, though, is foundational in understanding what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. All in. You know, in the church, we often discuss salvation, the good news, and following Jesus. But we often sidestep glorification because there's a whole lot we do not know. We just don't know. It's like it feels ambiguous about eternity and heaven and what we'll do. But when we look at God's word, through those daily encounters, that time with Jesus, we know that there's going to be no more death, no more sickness, no more shame, no more guilt, no more fights. We walk by faith, not knowing everything, because God has proven himself faithful, and he, God himself, can't wait to show us eternity. A hint? Well, uh, there's an incredible hint in Isaiah 25, 6. It says this, But here on this mountain, God of the angel armies will throw a feast for all the people of the world, a feast of the finest foods, a feast with vintage wines, a feast of seven courses, a feast lavish with gourmet desserts. It's not just harps and singing. No, he grants us forgiveness. He grants us freedom. He grants us a future more than we could ever imagine. More than we could ever imagine. Uh, to kind of illustrate this a little bit, in the Prisk household, uh, Christmas is uh, a really big deal. And it's always been a big deal uh, with my mom and dad, and they're both with Jesus right now. Uh, but my mom had a way of making uh, Christmas just be something you look forward to, something you wanted to experience, and something you wanted to be a part of. And when there were grandchildren brought into the equation, it was like a progression of presence, and it was a build-up knowing that there was going to be a big one coming. Now, my mom... She had a perspective on that, but let's put it in the spiritual realm and along with God, along with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 7, 11 says this, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? My mom never disappointed. 
It was always better. It was always special. Now, my mom still had limabilities and weaknesses, and in that vein, can you, can we even imagine what a perfect, all-knowing, loving God has in store? Now, some of you right now, where you're at in your life, you're feeling defeated, you're disappointed, you feel let down. But let's go back to God's gift of justification. Romans, Romans 5.8 says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. In other words, there's hope and it gets better. This is one of my all-time favorite verses. 1 Corinthians 2.9 states, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. The God creator of the universe, the conqueror of death, the author of love and hope and life is preparing you and me, a home. Years ago, over 10 years ago, the, the Christian group Mercy Me sang a song I can only imagine. And there are very few times that I listen to that song that I don't start crying. I can only imagine. We can only imagine. We can put our thoughts into it, but no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has ever comprehended what God has in store for those who love him. Let's unpack this whole idea of glorification again. And yes, we're reading it and we're reciting it over and over again, but there's a reason for that. So would you read this out loud with me right now? Glorification, God's final removal of sin. Won't that be incredible? From those who have been justified in the eternal state. Instead of being mortals burdened with sin nature, we will be changed into holy immortals with direct and unhindered access to God's presence, enjoying holy communion with Him throughout eternity, throughout the remainder of our lives. Glorification is the vindication of justification that we've already received in this life by placing our faith in Jesus. There is no glorification without justification. This picture that we're beginning to look at today of what heaven is going to be like, are you ready to receive that? And that is impossible without being born again and having a personal daily relationship with Jesus. Side note, glorification was God's plan originally. We know this from Genesis 1.27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That was life. That was the plan. We were made in the likeness of God. His divine nature was in us. We were in harmony with nature, with the creations of God, with the creator himself. We literally 
literally shared in his glory. In the Old Testament, the glory of God is described as his greatness. In the New Testament, it's dignity, it's power. But what broke this when you and I decided God is not trustworthy? We can do it on my own. My way is better. Your way is better. And then sin came in and sin shattered crashing in at this point sharing in God's glory is tarnished it's weakened it's diluted should I even say it's polluted because sin my way your way doing it our way well it's severed you and me from God your justification does not match your sanctification. We've been justified. That we're justified, as I've already said earlier, we've been made right through faith because Jesus did the heavy lifting. Um, some of you are maybe putting this together, but the three components of salvation could be summarized this way. When I'm justified, my sins have been forgiven. When I'm being sanctified, I sin less and less because I'm becoming more like Christ. I'm aware of my sinfulness. I confess it. I, I don't try to process it, so my sins have been reduced in sanctification. And then in glorification, my sins are eliminated in eternity, forever. At that point, in heaven, your and my actual condition will match what God says about you in Christ. We'll be like Jesus. In glorification, the image that was lost in Adam, was lost in our sinfulness, is finally restored as it was originally intended. Colossians 3.4 puts some great emphasis on this. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory, in all of his majesty, in all of his splendor, in all of his wonder, in all of his beauty, the chaos, the confusion, the conflict, it's gone. Second Peter, in the first chapter, amplifies this. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share back in that divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. God's glory, his greatness, his magnificence. Glory is not an attribute, but a state in which God dwells the way in which he is perceived by others. When we get to heaven, our sins are eliminated. It's incomparably greater than anything we've ever experienced 
on this earth. The praise, the worship, and the music will be better than the greatest concert that you've ever been to. That place that you love to go to, it's your happy place. It's your secure place. It'll be more secure, and it'll be more comfortable, and it'll be more wonderful than anything you've ever experienced on this earth. That person or people that you like to be around, you're going to be around people that you like to be around more than you've ever liked to be around people. It'll be koinonia fellowship at a steroid level. That place that you like to go on vacation to, it'll be the greatest vacation. You know why? Because the wonder, the splendor, the beauty of God... The glory is an overcoming of the damage caused by sin. Even in those places we love to visit, we love to go to, there's still brokenness. It's a transformation from the material to the resurrected world. Glorification is being in the beauty, the majesty, the wonder of God. Glorification is primarily the honor, God gives us the honor that will be given to those who have faithfully followed him in our transformed eternal state. Particularly important to this is this. That honor will protect us from ever sinning again and falling away and will ensure that we suffer no pain in the way that we do here on earth. I can hardly do this. No more tears. No more pain. No more worry. No more conflict. No more cancer. No eye has seen, nor ears heard, nor mind can even comprehend what God has in store for those who love him and serve him and follow him. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18 says it well. For our present troubles are small, and they're really not going to last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that we cannot and don't see. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Or like I said at the very beginning of this talk, presentation, conversation from the heart, the reward is so much better than we've ever imagined. Ever, 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 ever. And so I want to get real practical and I want to ask several questions. Have you experienced justification? Have you been born again? Just recently I was with a young guy, great guy, great heart, asking questions. And I just said, hey, if you leave our time together and you die, are you going to heaven? He said, I don't know. He hasn't been justified yet. That snap experience hasn't happened. And if that's you today, would you just say, dear Lord Jesus, I submit to you. I, I believe you are trustworthy. I'm tired of taking things into my own hands. Because of your life 
and your death and your burial and your resurrection and you living today, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins today. I want to be living out the salvation good news story. Let me ask you another question as you're contemplating this. Are you being sanctified? Are you spending time in God's word, that time with Jesus, that daily encounter? Is that your most important connected appointment of any given day? Are you actively involved in the church? If it's not Grumlaw, another church where you're activating your gifts and depending upon the Holy Spirit, what is God saying to you right now? And in light of what we've unpacked today, of what is waiting for us, that God is preparing for us. Are you actively sharing your faith so others will experience salvation? Why would we not want a family member, a co-worker, a neighbor, a good friend to be experiencing theology, being made right with God, growing in Jesus, and then one day experiencing something we can't even imagine. Will you think about what God is saying, what the Holy Spirit is prompting you in right now? And faith without works is dead, and to hear and not obey is disobedience. So do what God is leading you to do right now.